0: Thank you for joining us for this message. Whether you are watching for the first time or are simply catching up on a message you miss, we are so glad you are connecting to God's Word today. Our hope is that as you listen to the message, you will experience a real encounter with God. Please consider giving financially to support God's work through our ministry You will find several options to do that by clicking on the word give in the menu on our website at KentwoodCommunityChurch.com. May you be inspired by the word today.
1: Well, I'm going to ask you out of respect for God's word to stand and open up. We're going to be in Psalm 150. I will read the first verse and then you will follow Pastor um, Angela with the second verse. Hear the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Verse 2.
0: Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him his unequaled greatness.
1: Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Verse 4.
0: Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes.
1: Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals.
0: Let everything that breathes
1: sing praises to the Lord. Let's all in one unison say, praise the Lord.
2: Praise the Lord. Lord. I
1: was waiting for it and I looked up and I was like, it's silent. It must not be up there. So (laughs) we're just going to say it. Can you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, I pray today that the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts, will be pleasing in your sight. And as the prophet Samuel prayed long ago, we pray now, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And all God's people said... Amen. You can have a seat. This is a different service. Obviously, if you come here, you're like, what's happening? I walk into the sanctuary, and you have about 100 people praying and and mix up preaching and 20 minutes. Because I believe that today the Holy Spirit has told us that it's not just about my word. It's about what the Holy Spirit wants to do after the word. Can I get an amen, church? We've been in the middle of a series called Living Victoriously. And what I would say to you straight up is that... We are a people who believe in Jesus that have missed this amazing truth that Scripture declares to us. That every single individual, regardless of where you're from, regardless of what you've experienced, if you believe in Jesus Christ, what you need to understand today, that the Scriptures declare you are not just a conqueror, you are more than a conqueror. If you believe that, can you say amen? Unfortunately, the vast majority of believers are not living and experiencing this truth from Scripture. We've clearly communicated over the last four weeks what that looks like. And here's the key victorious living and and being a conqueror is is not devoid of pain, it's not devoid of suffering and struggle. It's victory in the midst of those challenges. It's when we are in the darkness and in the struggle that God's glory, power, and presence shows up and everybody steps back and goes, what is that? And that's our opportunity to say we know whom we believe in and we know who goes before us and we know who has our back and we know who holds us in his hand. And we declare today that absolutely nothing can take us out of his hand. Can I get an amen? We clearly have communicated to you. It starts with Surrender absolute surrender of our lives. And then I preached about being filled with the Holy Spirit each and every day, giving him control of our lives. My mind, my heart, my soul, my spirit, everything about me. And then last week, Pastor Christian looked at how we maintain that is what we call our private worship and how we meet with him. When those three things happen, that leads us to today. If we're gonna be victorious in our living, we've gotta also come and have corporate worship. What we're doing right here and right now is happening all over the world in a various forms and fashions. But nonetheless, the body of Jesus Christ is meeting today. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, you may say, why? Uh, we live in 2022. We don't need to meet. We can watch online. We don't." Ne- Plus, you guys are all strange anyways. I can just love Jesus and not have the mess of engaging believers. But what does Scripture say? Hebrews clearly tells us in chapter 10, let us spur one another on towards good deeds and let's not, uh, let's not give up. Let me say that again. Let's not give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. That's what today's all about. All the more as you see the day of Jesus quickly approaching. That's not Mick, that's the scripture and the word of God. Why we do what we do is commanded from Scripture because God knows whether we believe it or not, we need it. We worship because we're encouraged by God's Word, by His Spirit, by one another. We worship because we're transformed. How many of you in a worship experience through your life, by a raise of hand, can say, There was a certain decision in my life that has occurred as a result of a corporate worship experience. Am I the only one? Has anybody else had a a move of God upon them? So you know what I'm talking about. When we gather in corporate worship, God's vision is granted to us. His love is poured out on us in ways that it can't happen any other way. But most importantly, my friends, God's glory falls upon us in that moment. You see, for a lot of us, we walk into a place like this And scripture declares that worship is a sacrifice. What does that mean? It means I decide to worship him whether I feel it or not. I decide to lift his name up whether I'm empty or not, whether I'm struggling or not. I make a choice to say I'm going to worship the one who created me that makes all the difference in the world. And then I'm the one that is changed. Jesus told us, When we gather into worship in John chapter 4, we gather by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, guided by the God's word and his truth, by the Holy Spirit and with with uh, with the metrics and the guideposts of God's word. You following me? We've been in many situations, if you've been in the church long enough, where you've experienced worship experiences where they were not guided by the word of God. Or they, were, or they were driven by other reasons and other motives, and that's always a push-off for anybody, including myself. But if we come and we gather together by the, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, through the, the metrics of God's Word, then we know we've got it. Worship is truly what he's calling us to do. But let me say this quickly as I prayed for you. Whether you're online or whether you're back for the first time, one of the themes that's been coming out over and over again is that people say, I love Jesus, but I've had an incredibly painful experience in the church. All of our narratives may be different, but somebody, some situation has has somehow caused a lot of hurt in my life. And therefore, I'm not as engaged as I used to be. If I gave a raise of hands, which I will not, that would probably be a good portion of people. I can't go back and heal all of your pain that you've had from whatever church experience you've had. But I can tell you this, be careful because there is an enemy that will take that experience and try to throw it in your face in such a way that will keep you away from the body of Christ. And I say to you today, enough is enough. We need one another. Does anybody believe that today? You see, worshiping together for my own life has been in a variety of contexts, predominantly in the house of God. But I, I reminded it when I was a, a youth and I came to Jesus at almost 16 years old and I was with a bunch of teenagers, radicals, between 100 and 200 of them. And I didn't even know anything about Jesus, but all I know is we got together and we started worshiping hour, two hours. And I thought this was normal. It wasn't until I got around other Christians and I found out that's not normal. And then I went to college and started to worship with my brothers and sisters in a a variety of of very, very creative things because college people are creative, are they not? And God started to move in my life, taking groups all over the world, worshiping in the underground church in a variety of countries where it's illegal to worship, but we gather together and lift up the name of Jesus. My wife and I lived in such a place and I would say to you in the 12 house churches that we, we planted there, whenever we would come together twice a year, it was such celebration for those 12 house churches to come together to celebrate. And, it's, and, and the reality of those experiences, I remember I took another team to China and we were under the statue of this massive Buddha. And we just said, we were there, we were praying and we just circled around and we started claiming it as holy ground. And we started worshiping God under this statue Buddha because I declare to you, regardless of where we're at, in whatever situation, I still believe that He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords of every location. Does anybody else believe this? So, worship changes us. And those experiences not only changed me, they made me more hungry for Him wonder today, how many of you walked through here, walked into this sanctuary? Simple question is this. Are you hungry for more of him? Do you really want more of God? Let me ask it again. Do you really want more of him? Here's what I know to be true for me. It's like I walk through one more door in my walk with God and I get closer to him and the more I, is revealed to me about him, the more I realize how much more I have to go because God is that amazing, that overwhelming, that I'm only touching the surface of who God is. And I wanna be around a people that's not perfect, but a people who are hungry, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, oh God. Is there anybody in the house that that resonates with today? Let me just say this. I'm going to give you a quick three teachings on core elements of worship. And When I finish, we're going to have a time that I don't even really know what it will be. And I got to first say straight up to you, church, to apologize as pastors and leaders of churches. And my apology is simply this, we haven't trusted the body of Christ enough, so we, didn't, we don't allow for freedoms to be expressed because we're always afraid there will be an extreme person that will take over the service. And I'm here to tell you today that I am not worried at one iota about any of that. Yes, I am the shepherd, And yes, I am responsible, but at the end of the day, if you're just coming for the very first time, I believe with all my heart, when we lift up his name, he will draw all people to himself. And you may not understand it, but at the end of the day, you will be drawn to him because you were created for him, whether you know it or not. That's the reality. So let me jump into these so we can allow his spirit to do what he needs to do. The heart of worship has three elements. The first one I would say to you when we come to worship is we worship with expectation. We worship with expectation. Can somebody say, I'm ready? I mean, like, can you say it like you really mean it? Can somebody say, I'm ready? ready. You know, I've asked you today or throughout the week to come with an expectation. Expectation is the game changer. I am convinced that our easyism, that's a Mickism by the way, our easyism has watered down our expectations. And as a result, we don't do what's necessary. Because we come into experiences like this and we say, hey, Pastor Brant, and team, give us the worship. Hey, Pastor Mick, give us the word. And I'm here to declare to you the responsibility of a corporate worship experience is not solely on the shoulders of the pastor and the worship team, but it is on the shoulders of all followers of Jesus Christ. Truly is. And if you've ever been in a church where they get that, you're going to see the presence of God. What does expectation mean? Expectation is built, as Pastor Christian said last week, out of our private experience. If you don't have a prayer closet, if you don't have a time with Jesus, you're not gonna come to a public experience and expect more of God if you're not getting him by yourself. I'm reminded of Moses when he's like, I study God, I stuttered, Lord. I relate to that because what you may or may not know, I am the worst of stutterers. He said, send somebody else. But what happened? In his private moment, he saw a burning bush. And it wasn't the burning bush that it, was all, that it was all about. It was in the presence of God. And in that moment, he was motivated and expectations began to rise. Then we had King David. And we know that Moses wasn't perfect. We obviously know that King David wasn't perfect. But in Psalm 63, what does David say in his private time? Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land. I think of you through the watches of the night. And as a result of this private experience, King David is known as a man after what? God's own heart. His expectation rose, Moses' expectation rose. And even Jesus himself in Mark 1 before y'all were up in the dark of the morning, went to be with his Father. My question is, if Jesus, the Son of God, needs to have that connection with the Father in heaven, how much more are you and I dependent upon him? We realize that if we're gonna come to worship with expectation, it comes out of this private experience. The second thing that I would say to you, we also have to come with a spirit of forgiveness. What do I mean by that? I am convinced across America, and ours is not excluded, that one of the challenges as to why we can't experience the fullness of God in a worship experience is because of what Jesus told us on the Sermon on Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He says, if you have something against your brother, first go and make that right, and then come and offer your worship experience. In other words, in order for us to come with an expectation, we not only come out of our private experience, but we've got to come with a a spirit that is first forgiving God because some of us are ticked off at God. Then we've got to allow God to forgive us and then we can forgive ourselves. Some of you need to forgive yourselves and then that gives us the capacity to forgive everyone else. And as far as it depends upon you, then, then you have the capacity and ability to come in and experience him. Oh, my prayer is that although we're not perfect, that God would raise up a church That out of our private experience and out of our forgiveness, we start coming with expectation. But not only that, we come with a a heart that's prepared. What do I mean by that? On social media and all of the Bible studies that I led this week and all the individuals I connected with, I said, are you ready to meet God? Because I believe the spirit of God is going to be here this very day in levels that we've not experienced before. Are you ready for that? And before you think that's craziness, let me again go back to the word of God. In Exodus chapter 19, what do we see that Moses said as he was delivering the people out of Egypt? He's like, you're going to meet God tomorrow at a mountain called Sinai. Get ready, for tomorrow you'll meet God. And if you read the story, they met God. And God showed up in such an incredible way. They told Moses, tell God to back off. We can't handle it. All I was doing is what Moses said. If we are gonna be a church that's going to be a church to know him and make him known, we're gonna be a church that comes prepared. We understand preparedness in many forms and fashions. We prepare all day long, all week long for every area of our lives, do we not? Without it, you would struggle. But when it comes to Sunday morning worship, how well you doing? We stay up late into the night on Saturday night. We come in casually into our worship service thinking, okay, entertain me, give me something. It doesn't work that way. When a people come hungry enough, then all of a sudden look out for what God is going to do. But all that I just said about coming with expectation, it's all premised on one word. It's called desperation. Are we desperate enough? And the church in America has not been desperate enough. We've had it too easy. But there's one message that I've been saying week in and week out, and we've been watching God do some amazing things. My, mantle, my mandate from God is to prepare the church for what is coming. And there are churches all over the world that understand desperation. It's not that they're better than us. It's that they get it. And as a result, when you're desperate for something... You will do whatever is necessary to acquire whatever it is you're trying to acquire. But often we look at desperation as a negative connotation. I'm desperate, so I do something negative. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about desperation in a positive way. That we want God so much, and we begin to get some of what he's about that it only motivates us to want more and more and more. Not a one and done. Not just a little scratching of the surface of who God is, but allowing him to do what he needs to do. When all of those things happen that I just stated to you, which are biblical, and we come with a sense of desperation, be, not because, we're, we're always desperate when we get the, the, the term cancer and, and death, and rightfully so. I'm asking this church to become desperate before we've got a crisis come into our lives. Does this make sense? Anybody else believe that God wants to send revival? Anybody in here believe that? I've been saying this all week also. Revival's not that that complicated. It's not that tricky. If you're newer to the church revival, all it means is that the Spirit of God falls on a certain location in such a way that his glory is displayed over a length of time. And as a result of that, many people come and say yes to Jesus. Jesus. Many people are healed. Many people are inspired. Many people grow powerfully in their walk with Jesus. And then Jesus becomes more famous in the area in which that revival occurs. And I've experienced, and I actually came to, know, I, I came to know Jesus through such an experience for an entire year in the city in which I was born. But I want you guys to know that I believe that God wants this. Revival is not complicated. It's simply this. Are there a group of people that want God so much that they're willing to do what I just said? And if you get a group of people that are willing to do this, then God will give us revival. It's that simple. He wants to give us so much more than we could ever dream or imagine. You hear me say that all the time, but we live so far below what God wants for us and for you. I love that quote I say over and over again to you. We won't be in heaven 30 minutes before we will grieve to the fact that we live like spiritual paupers here on the earth. Oh God, let me be the man or the woman that you want me to be. Let me come with expectations. Not demands, but complete expectations. Can somebody say amen to that? But we must realize that when this all occurs and revival comes, we'll see Signs, wonders, and miracles. Anybody here believe in a miracle? Those will be natural. I remember the early church in Acts chapter 12. Peter, their leader, is arrested. They thought for sure their leader was gonna be gone, and so they start worshiping and praying, and you know the story. He gets released miraculously, and he shows up to the worship and the prayer meeting, and they all go, ah! Well, at least Rhoda did. I wonder how many of us are the same way. We pray and we worship, but do we really believe that God's going to do it? Oh God, help us with our faith. This is going to be the answer for the world in which we find ourselves. It's proclaiming the word of God and demonstrating the word of God. Can I say that again? It's proclaiming the word of God and being the hands and feet of Jesus and demonstrating it just like the church was birthed, is just like the church is going to end. And we gotta say, Lord, use me. I wanna be a part of this amazing thing. Now, having said that, when I talk about coming to worship with an expectation, we have to avoid extremism. The extremism over here that says, I want an emotion so badly that the emotionism actually becomes an idol. Beware of that extremism. To the extremism over here that says, I am such and such an ethnicity, and I come from such and such a background, and I have such and such a personality that I'm going to intellectualize my experience. What you're really saying is I'm fearful of the emotional side of the walk with God. And true worship corporately is worshiping with my mind and with my heart and with my emotions. And you've heard me say this over and over again, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. What does that mean? That means that the individual that creates a worship experience at their chair, standing silently, is just as good as somebody that's demonstrative right beside them. Nobody feels manipulation, nobody feels out of control. People can be and express who they are with the personality that God gave them. Does this make sense to anybody? That's what I strive for. And you and I need to understand today, the key point is let's begin coming with an expectation, incredible worship and watch the Holy Spirit move in our midst. Let me give you the second. We worship with authentic expression. We worship with authentic expression, not just expectation, but with authentic expression. Somebody repeat after me and say, I worship you, Jesus. One more time. I worship you, Jesus. Jesus. We worship him in two ways. We worship him out of gratitude for what he has done and we worship him simply because who he is. Did you hear me? For what he has done for me and, what, and who he is. The scripture's again full of them. Remember in Mark out of gratitude for what he has done? Over and over again, the lady who had the bleeding disease, Jesus heals her and she worships him out of gratitude. The leper who Jesus gets down with and, and, and hugs and touches and heals, he worships him. Over and over again, throughout Scripture, we see these examples. A ruler falls because his daughter's dying, and worships him. The disciples worship him when they see Peter walking on the water in all of the miracle, and women start to worship him in power when he's resurrected from the dead. We, my question to you is, are you able to remember all that he has done for you? The big and the small. You come into a worship experience with that gratitude. And it will enable you to handle the expressions and the experiences you are currently facing. It's called, basically, uh, we have this forgetfulness uh, amongst us. Just like the children of Israel. They forgot that he split the Red Sea. They forgot that he dropped down manna, which is in Hebrew, which means, what is it? That's what I would have said too. That when they began to experience the the walls of Jericho, they forgot all of that. So whatever it is you're going through, worship enables you to remember all that he has done, the big and the small. Does that make sense? But not only for gratitude for what he has done, but authentic expression of worship being for who he is. Take you back to Moses' At that encounter, when God's presence was there, he was in awe of who God was. And what did he do? What did he do? He took his shoes off, because he's what? On holy ground. Most of the worship centers around the world, you would not walk in with shoes on. All of the dirt, all of the grime we bring in in our culture, you would not come into an area of worship because that is a holy place, because of the amazingness they believed that God's spirit was gonna be there. He worshiped him in awe of who he is. Israel, when I told you they met God on the mountain there in Exodus 19, they worshiped him because of his power. They saw his power delivering them over and over again. They saw the presence of his power. Do you remember when Peter worshiped him after he did incredible miracles and he saw Jesus' holiness and he confessed his sin and he worshiped him? It's the beautiful thing about being in the presence of God. He shows us for who we are, but in a loving Abba, Daddy kind of way. Worship him in these kind of ways makes all the difference in the world. Do you remember the three children in Daniel 3 thrown into the fiery furnace? We don't care, O king, what you, what you think and what you say and whether God delivers us or not. We're not going to bow down to you. What were they saying? We know we worship him because he is faithful He is absolutely faithful, look into the fire. Wait, there's not three, there's four. Someone that looks like the son of God. And you and I get to worship who he is, which is an incredible thought that we sometimes miss where Romans chapter eight says that we have his intimacy. We don't have to go through a a third party. We have now direct access. Jesus is interceding on our behalf, right? We have the Holy Spirit that now continues to communicate with us. All of those as examples that we come with authentic worship for what he has done and for who he is. The key point is let's move towards expressions that worship God for who he is and not just for what he does. It will change us. The last one I would say to you, we don't only come to him, we come to him out of expectation. We come with authentic expressions But the last element of worship I would say to you is we worship with celebration. Somebody say celebrate. Celebrate. How many of you like to celebrate? Anybody? Let me ask again. Does anybody in the house like to celebrate? Yes. And for people that don't think that we should celebrate, I just proved you wrong in Scripture in Psalm 150. Right? I, I mean, like... Uh, Jonathan's playing the drums. It says, bring those babies out and let's do it with the cymbals, right? And the guys, uh, the team over here doing the trumpet, bring out the trumpet and make your declaration. It isn't because we have all the talents, it's because it's Psalm 150. We have something worth celebrating. I'm reminded of 2 Samuel chapter 6. King David, the presence of God had walked away and was in the Ark of the Covenant. And long story short, the Covenant was coming back into Jerusalem. And there was a celebration of all celebrations. And what was that celebration? It wasn't because of the Ark. It's what the Ark represented. And the Ark represented the presence of God. God was returning. And what does David do? He gets so focused on him. He starts to celebrate and tear his clothes off. If I started doing that, you'd be like, yeah, oh, (laughs) right? And in that moment, David could care less about anybody right around here. He was all about this. And when his wife started to come after him, he's like, I'll become even more undignified. Why? Because I have something to celebrate. We were without him and now he is here that is worth celebrating every moment of every day of all year we live in a culture that celebrates sports march madness spring training super bowl etc cetera, etc cetera. i remember i'm an avid baseball fan and I, I'm an avid Chicago Cubs fan, but I'm also a Colorado Rocky fan because I lived in Colorado when the Rockies became um, known, actually when they began. And I had season tickets in left center. Home run derby was basically what it was like all year long. I went there three years, my third year in, last game of the year, this franchise team, their last game to get into the tournament. And, long, and as I was there with whatever, 40,000, 50,000 fans, we won the game. And I'm telling you what, you talk about celebration, it was not so. And, and you know me, right? So I'm going up and down the road high fiving everybody. I didn't know who anybody was. And they were all high fiving me and we were celebrating. And even the shyest person, they even went, <laughs> right? Because the Rockies had won the, the, the tournament. That's culturally okay, is it not? But Psalm 150 gives us something about we have a little bit more reason than our team. We've got someone called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is the victor. And that should make us bring our celebration with your style. So if your style is this, then do it. If your style is mine, then do it. But nonetheless, God knows your heart. It is time for us to truly come as a church, and you think, wait a minute, what about people that are new? They're gonna look at you and say, man, this dude is a freak. My response is if it's authentic and if it is real and the Spirit of God is there, if I lift up his name, he will draw all people to himself. I am holding on to scripture. We, for too long in our society, have been so worried about being dignified. We've been so worried that we would make it all proper and prime for you. That we would put God in this neat little box that you could come in have your experience and walk away. What has that done for us, church? How are we doing so far in the world today? All I know is that I wanna have a place that's authentic and real, where God is there and shows up and he begins to align me to him. He changes me. He changes us. He inspires us. He brings us together as one. We have a dress rehearsal for what's really gonna happen. Revelation 19 says we will celebrate. All peoples, will they not? It's gonna be the most incredible celebration of all celebrations. Remember, as we talked about heaven weeks ago, we have to have the insight in mind that enables us to do the journey. If we don't have the insight in mind, we can come overwhelmed with the current struggles we have before us. But with that sight, in our, in our midst, we truly can't understand this is our hope. And what we're doing right now is only a dress rehearsal. Now remember, I was believe it or not, I know for some of you this is going to be a shocker. I was in a swing choir in high school. Can you imagine that? Tap dancing, jazz, the whole thing, the whole thing, wardrobe change, a big band. We performed all over the country. We had this choreographer from Las Vegas who came in every night and, 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 and trained us. I remember during the middle, I've told some of you this story, in the middle of practice, we had the, the, for those of you old enough, and like sports, our, our, our conductor was the Bobby Knight of music. I can tell that I've already aged myself. Bobby Knight's in his 80s, and the young people are like, who's Bobby Knight? Well, Google it. A chair went out into the court one day. But nonetheless, this guy was totally that. And I wasn't getting the choreography, as you all know, watching me praise the Lord. He hits the keyboard. He looks, at, he looks at me in front of the whole group. He says, Veach, you can't dance. You can't sing. The only reason why I have you in this group is because you can smile. <laughs> and I went like this. <laughs> I only lasted one year in that group, praise the Lord. But dress rehearsal after dress rehearsal after dress rehearsal, and I remember opening night. I didn't even know what opening night was. I'm not an arts guy. I mean, it was, it was as electrifying as a sports event. And I'm saying to you today, as we celebrate our God, why don't we do that? Uh, we come with our brokenness. And I know there'll be times when you come and you have nothing to give. The beautiful thing is when it was beautiful for those who came late. We had, you know, 100 people praying. May that be not a one and done. Because what I've said to the church is that if we come and prepare ourselves, the people that are hurting and searching and needing love, they're the benefactors. It spills over them. They walk in here and go, what is that? And we're like, it's the Holy Spirit. Right? Because we believe God to do what he needs to do. authentic celebration makes all the difference in the world. So that's it. The elements of worship. Can we come with a heart that expects... Can we truly have authentic expressions? And can we truly celebrate our Lord? That will make us victorious regardless of what we're going to experience. Now with that being said, we're going to enter into a moment that I'm going to ask you to actually practice what I just preached. Is that okay? Is that okay to practice what we preach? So my prayer is that you don't check out because you will have missed the meat and potato of the whole experience. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, these moments are your moments. And for certain people in this place, this is gonna be a moment that they will never forget. I pray that it would also be a moment that we as a church will never forget. And that you would begin to do something in our lives. Would you just set a moment in silence? There are moments of silence. There are moments of lament And there are moments of celebration. The first element that I know that we're supposed to do. Is to take your elements with me. Would you take your elements if you're in the sanctuary. And those of you online if you're able. Because this is why we have the capacity to do what we do. Jesus took the bread. He said, this is my body that is broken for you. Every time you come together in corporate worship, take this and remember and be thankful that my body was broken for you, amen. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood, the last of the covenant. I made it so that you could have your forgiveness of sin Your part of the covenant is simple, follow me. I ask that you not only take this with a heart that's thankful, but take this with a heart that anticipates that he's coming back very soon to take us home, amen. Brent, would you just keep playing? Now Holy Spirit, the moment we've been waiting for, me out of the way and you leading us. And you could do what we read about in our midst. Hear our cry right now. Hear our cry, O Father. Here's what I sense if I have any pastors in the room, I want you to come up here and stand. And if we don't have enough pastors, elders, and retired pastors, I need to have enough people up here because I didn't give them a four notice. We're going to worship. Here's what we're going to do. This is what I sense. We're going to pray, and we're going to praise. But why we pray and praise, you can do that in your seat sitting. You can stand up. You can kneel. But for just a little bit, some people may need a miracle. And as we're singing and as we're praising and praying, you're welcome to come up at any moment, and your brothers and sisters will pray for you. We're just going to have a ministry of healing, physically, emotionally, relationally, whatever the need is. So I'm gonna ask you, church, if you are able to go ahead and stand with me. Are you desperate enough? Do you want more of him? Do you need prayer tonight or this morning? I'm gonna ask you from the balcony, and this isn't the end of it. There's more to come, so stay with me. I'm gonna ask the team to, to lead us a couple of songs but as they do you can pray and praise is that all right literally pray and praise and as we're praying praise and if people need to come forward this would be the time to do that so brent would your team lead us in some worship church are you desperate enough does anybody need this is the spirit leading if you need to come come and we will pray for you the rest of you pray and praise and then we will move into our next section this is his time
2: He goes before me. Defender behind me.
1: On fear. Come on, church. He's here.
0: Filled
1: with anointing,
0: my cups overflowing. A weapon can harm me, we won't fear. Let's sing this hallelujah. We are not alone.
1: On, church. My comfort, always, always Worship him, church. Let's go.
0: You give a life. Come on, church. you are love. Worship him. You bring light to the darkness. You give up. You restore. Embryon.
2: you.
1: I sense this is what the Lord wants. How many of you, again, let me ask you, truly desire more of God and want to see the Spirit of God fall and on us, on, on America, on the world? Here's what I want to do. I'm going to invite those that really want you to come and stand with me and we're gonna pray momentarily so if you are able and you're more of an extrovert I want you to come and stand down here whoever this from the from the balcony around come here and stand as we do a prayer now as you come forward here's what I'm also going to tell uh, ask for I'm going to ask for some of my brothers and sisters from other countries to come up here and stand with me if you will I'll explain in a moment if you speak another language come here and stand real quickly come on let's go we're going to make a declaration as, as, as yeah, come on forward. Come on, Sal. speak Arabic. Wilford. Trisha, give me that mic. Thank you. We're going to make a declaration before we pray and the declaration that our brothers and sisters are gonna make in their language. Anybody from another language wanna come in and stand? People from other languages. I want them to pass the, uh, the, the, the microphone down and I want you just to make a declaration in your language. Even if your language was spoken, do it again, I don't care. We won't know the difference, praise the Lord. <laughs> All I want you to do is make this declaration. I want you in your language to say, bring revival to our land, Lord. You get that? Bring revival to our land, Lord, one by one. And then after they are finished, we are going to pray in unison, out loud, asking God to do that. Is that okay, church? Let's begin right down here with Busola, and then down we'll go. Come right over here. Say it loudly and pass the mic.
2: Amen. Trae avivamiento a nuestra
1: tierra, Señor. Do it loud.
2: Baba tunamba uchuše bara kazako na uepo wako katika jina la Yesu Kristo uchuše ukomboziwako katika KCC. Hallelujah. Traga
0: su gloria, su amor. Gracias Dios, Padre Jesús. Y el hablamos sale, te tati ti una hora, te a ti un entusiasmo Amen. Amen. Ang buye buresani chisimuso pa zikolino yendelani Antoine agazi wendi tukupen pila ino muzimu dipochonaandi. Yesa pa engloda kuda yinga enga elli arku vetriya tanga umuriya presanatana nga yepa me me engloda kuda arku no umuriya presanatana naala engla unaritnga esi inmalanchimkeli
2: Traga Pai. Now in English,
0: repeat after me.
1: Oh Lord! Oh Lord!
2: Oh Lord.
1: Oh Lord. Bring revival! in our land, in our family, with our children, in my life, start here, start now. Now I want you in the Jesus' name to start praying simultaneously to him. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Go ahead, church, start praying out. Lord Jesus, we pray right now that your spirit would begin doing the, the impossible. Please, Lord, we desire something fresh Isaiah declares, you will do something new. And we declare that today. We want you to start here with me. Lord, please hear your people. Make us desperate. Make us hungry. Enable us to focus on you. Less about us and more about you. Do the impossible, oh God. Make it happen right here and right now. May your spirit fall upon us. May we experience signs and wonders and miracles. May we experience what it means to be a people of one mind and one purpose that you bring us together and focus on the mission, which is to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to make disciples of all nations. May that be the reality of what we do. May you make the weak strong. May you give hope to the hopeless. May you give the ability to those that can't, that you can. Oh God, we believe you right here and right now for the supernatural that you wanna do, so we cry out. We cry out to you right now. Go ahead, church, just cry out to him. Hallelujah, go ahead. Just pray to him now, church, he's here. This is what it means when the spirit of God is here, there is freedom. Just call it out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now even more daring, is there anybody I sense in my spirit anybody have a scripture? Anybody have a short word that they need to say? This is where churches freak out. But we, if we're going to be the church, it doesn't all come from one individual. It comes from the body of Christ. Am I not right? Is there anybody that knows that they know without even thinking they have a scripture or they have a small word they need to say, a statement? I will wait for a moment. Talk loud.
2: Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Amen. Freedom from addiction.
1: Amen. Anybody else? Tommy, was that a hand raised or just a praise? Sure. All right. That was a
2: yes.
1: Know that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, for we are convinced neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither heights nor death, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus. Praise him. Brother, that was so amazing. I thought that was tongues coming out of you. I couldn't understand a word you were saying.
2: Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways.
0: (laughs) Ephesians chapter 3. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us.
1: Amen. Anybody else? I see that hand.
0: From Isaiah, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength; they shall mount up like with wings on e- like eagles; they shall run and not be weary; they shall walk and not faint. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. I can do all things in Christ Jesus who gives me strength. Jeremiah 33 verse three, call unto me and I will answer and show thee great and mighty thing which thou knowest not. Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and strengthen your frame. He will make you like a well-watered garden whose waters never fail.
2: Amen. From the book of Jeremiah, as for me and in my household, we will serve the Lord.
1: Amen. One more, we have anybody else? You see that hand over here.
2: May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.
1: So what I'm trying to express to you is what you're experiencing is you look around. You've got people around you that look a little different than you with a little bit of backgrounds difference than you. But that's the body of Christ, that when we come together and enable and declare His truth and don't be so concerned about your expressions, but allow the Holy Spirit to do something, I'm here to declare to you today that this is only the beginning. Let me say it again, this is only the beginning. This is not my desire when I went to my prayer closet that this this was to be a one and done. This is to be a culture of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this place that from all directions, the north and the south and the east and the west, they will hear and say, what is happening at KCC? And we will say it is Him. And if I lift up His name, He will draw all people to Himself. Can I get an amen? Here's what I want us to do. I want us, again, I want you to repeat after me and then we are going to do something that some of you won't be able to do just because of your personalities, but Brent's gonna lead us in a song that we're all gonna sing, but here's how I want you to sing it. I don't want you to sing it like a church. (laughs) Sing it in such a way that you look at one another, making the declaration, smile at each other. I, I promise you they don't bite. You can truly, you don't need to know them. Make your declarations. You're singing to one another. You're singing unto the Lord, making that declaration. We are one. We are one in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Amen. One last time. Repeat after me. Say, bring revival. Bring revival. 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 Start right here. Start right now. Start Start with me. me. Hallelujah. 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 All right, let's worship. Now let's worship together. Come on.
2: I'll be silent. I will always worship you. Come on, church.
0: church. Here we go. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship And we won't be quiet We shout out your praise Oh,
2: oh, oh
0: And we shout out your praise God, yeah. oh, 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 We sing to the God We sing to the God who We sing to the God who sings We sing to the God who sings
1: Mark my words. This is only the beginning, not the end. Amen. Be sure you express your love for one another. But the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace until we meet again. And all God's people said,